Last week on the show, I mentioned that some of my clients and friends have told me that their sales are down. And it's not just small online businesses like ours either. I mean, if you watch the news, we're seeing big tech companies laying off employees by the thousands. So, you know, their business is down as well, right? Well, this is episode 76 of the Tiny Course Empire podcast, and in today's show, we are tackling a big problem that every small business owner will face eventually, and that is a sales slump. And believe me, I do mean that every single business owner will face this exact problem at some point. How you handle it might mean the difference between a business that comes out the other side thriving and one that just fades away. Now, I know which side of the equation I want to be on, and hopefully you know as well. So whether your sales are down right now and you're maybe starting to panic a little bit, or maybe you've been coasting along just fine but want to be prepared for when you do hit a slump, I hope you'll stay tuned because I have four steps that you should take when your sales start to slow. Welcome to the Tiny Course Empire podcast, a weekly show dedicated to helping you launch and grow your digital course business, even if you don't have a big team or a six-figure ads budget. We'll help you design smart systems, take consistent action, and achieve massive success on your own terms. Now, here's your host, Cindy Bedar. Hey, it's Cindy, and thank you for spending a few minutes of your day with me today. I really appreciate you. You'll find the show notes, as always, the transcript and recommended resources for this episode at tinycourseempire.com forward slash 76. While you're there, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. They will drop right into your podcast app of choice every Thursday morning. Next week, I'm going to be talking about creating free content, and I will answer a question that I hear a lot, which is, can you give away too much? Will people still buy if you're sharing everything for free? It's an important question that all content creators need to answer, but that is next week. This week is all about the steps to take when you're in a sales slump or your business income has taken a downturn and nothing seems to be selling. These are some of the things that I'm hearing from my clients and from my friends, and I've been experiencing some of those feelings myself lately. So let's dig in and see what we can all do about that. We're going to start with the easiest things first and work our way up to the more complex, time-consuming ideas. Now, with that in mind, the very first thing you need to do, and honestly, this is something you should always be doing, and that is to look at your data. Knowing things like conversion rates and traffic stats and average customer purchase is really important, and it's often the thing that creative entrepreneurs want to ignore. We just want to do the thing that we love, right? We want to design the printables or coach the clients or write the blog posts. We don't really want to wade into our Google Analytics account and try to figure all that stuff out or fire up a spreadsheet and start tracking sales figures or dig into the reports in our shopping cart. That just feels icky. And for some of you, it sounds like a special kind of torture, I know. A former client of mine used to tell me that he wanted to learn to be a better coach, not a better marketer and not a better business owner. And I get that, but it's hard to have one without the other. You know what I mean? 
You've got to know your numbers because that's really the only way that you can make informed decisions. Otherwise, you're really just shooting in the dark and kind of hoping it all works out. I actually had another client who would make business decisions based on gut feelings, and I'm saying that with air quotes. She would say things like, my gut tells me that my market won't buy that, or my gut tells me that the price is too high. Gut feelings are just not the best way to make decisions. Yes, maybe it can work out okay sometimes, but honestly, a better plan is to gather the data so you aren't guessing about what's happening. You actually know what's going on. In this case, if your sales are down, the data can leave clues as to why. For example, you can look at your Google Analytics and know if you're getting less traffic to your sales pages than you were before. That's really critical to know if you're in a sales slump because fewer people on your sales pages means fewer buyers. So it makes perfect sense that you would also be making less money if that's the case. And knowing that you have less traffic leads to a different decision than simply knowing that you maybe have the same amount of traffic, but your conversion rates are down. In other words, a lower percentage of people visiting your sales pages are actually clicking the buy button. The solution to those two problems are very different. Another thing that could be happening is that your average purchase amount is lower than it used to be. Maybe people are still buying your main product, but they're not buying the bump offer or the upsell, or maybe they're opting for a lower priced product instead of the higher priced ones. Now, you don't have to dig very deeply into this data to find out what's happening. You don't have to have a degree in data science to understand what's going on in, your, in any of these scenarios and how to fix it. Traffic numbers are absolutely the simplest thing to find out. Google Analytics will tell you this. You don't have to set up anything special to see them or to track them over time for every single page on your website. The data is just there. It's the most basic stat that Google tracks. So if you haven't yet set up Google Analytics on your site, go get that done as soon as possible. It won't give you historical data, unfortunately, but you'll at least have those numbers going forward. And hopefully you've already set that up. Hopefully when you built your website, maybe your VA set it up for you, or maybe you did it back in the day and maybe you don't look at it, but it's there. So hopefully that's the case. But if not, go set it up now so at least you can start tracking going forward. Now, once you have those traffic numbers, then it just takes some simple math to give you your conversion rate. All you have to do is divide the number of sales made by the number of people who visited your sales page and then multiply that by 100. So let's say, for example, that you made 67 sales of your latest course and you want to know what the conversion rate is on your sales page. So you go to Google Analytics and you see that doing the during that promotion period, 792 people visited the sales page. So that means that 67 divided by 792 is 0 0.085. And 0 0.085 times 100 is 8.5%. So your sales page converted at 8.5%. In other words, for every 100 people that saw that page, eight of them made a purchase. Now you can compare that number to your previous sales of the same product. Is it higher or lower or is it about the same? When you know the answer to that, you can make more informed decisions about how to move forward. More on that in the next steps. But another number that you want to know is average 
purchase amounts. An average purchase amount is easy to calculate as well. All you have to do is divide your total revenue by the number of sales made in that same time frame. In other words, if you earned $4,000 last month and made 100 sales, then your average purchase amount is $40. Again, compare that to last month or last year. You want to have this information in mind before you move on to the next step, which is to freshen up your marketing. So tell me if this sounds familiar to you. When you started your business, you put a whole lot of effort into your marketing strategy and you did things like creating lead magnets, building sales funnels, writing autoresponders and all kinds of other content. And then you landed a few clients or maybe you started selling a few courses and suddenly you get really busy. I know that's a good problem to have, right? The problem is when you're busy doing client work or creating course content, you might find that you've let your marketing assets get a little stale. Maybe you haven't updated your lead magnet in a while, or maybe you haven't updated your autoresponders with the latest information about you and your business, or maybe you even let your blog posting schedule slide a little bit and you look back and it's been several weeks or maybe even several months since you've posted new content on your blog. I've done all of those things too. So no shade if that's you. No, no, uh, no worries there at all. But the thing is, we all know how important it is to keep those things current and to keep them fresh. But we also have priorities in our day-to-day -day life and in our day-to-day -day business. And when you have clients and customers to serve, they are the priority, not your blog. But if you're in a sales slump, then that probably means you have more time on your hands than you used to have. That makes now a really great time to go back and freshen up those marketing assets. And you can look at your data to know which direction to go first. If your traffic numbers are down, for example, you would want to focus on creating new content that will attract new visitors to your site. If you don't have a good handle on SEO or search engine optimization, spend some time studying that. It will pay off in more traffic from Google and other search engines. SEMrush has an SEO crash course that you can study in under an hour that will get you started. It's going to give you the basics. I'll link to that in the show notes. There are other more in-depth courses you can take as well. One that I highly recommend is called Stupid Simple SEO by Mike Fudia. I took this course a few years ago, and I still refer back to it again and again and again, just because I really love his keyword research method so much. He makes it so simple. He breaks it down into the easiest possible steps so nobody can get lost, even if you're brand new. And again, I'll link to that in the show notes if you are looking for a more in-depth SEO course. But what if your traffic numbers are still looking pretty good, but your email list is dwindling and consequently your sales because you have fewer people to send emails to and you're making fewer sales? Well, now is probably a really good time to update your lead magnets to attract new subscribers, especially if you haven't done it in a while. Maybe you've got the same old lead magnet on your homepage that everyone has already seen or maybe you have a different segment of your audience who doesn't need that specific resource, but they could use something different and would snap that up quick if you offered it. Think about your autoresponders too. 
Are they converting as well as they used to? Go back to your data to find out. Sometimes updating your offers and freshening up your email content can make a huge difference. And now is a really good time to do that. Now, if you've done all of this work and you've polished everything up and made it as appealing as possible to new customers, then the next thing that you want to focus on is simply doing more of what you know works. This is another place that I can find myself really slacking on when business is going good and I'm busy and I'm making money, and that is focusing on the basic elements of marketing. For me, and probably for you too, that means things like list building, recruiting new affiliates, and creating new products. These three core things are what keeps my business growing. So during a sales slump, it's really smart to refocus on these core systems. They're important. So this year, for example, I noticed that my mailing list really wasn't growing as fast as it has in previous years. So I got curious, why might that be? Well, when I really thought about it, and again, when I looked at the data, I realized that in 2021 and 2022, I was participating in a lot of bundles and giveaways, and they added several thousand new subscribers to my list both of those years. Now, towards the middle of last year, I pretty much stopped doing them because I felt like they were becoming less effective and that my list was getting kind of tired of hearing about them. So they were not only less effective for me, they were less effective for my community as well. But I didn't replace those list builders with anything else. So naturally, now I'm seeing the number of new subscribers drop. That means it's time to start focusing on the activities that will bring in new subscribers again. And since I've already polished up my list building assets by creating new lead magnets and updating my autoresponders, really all that's left now is to direct some traffic to them. Now, there are a lot of different ways that you can do that. But in this step of the process... I want to do more of what I know works for me. So that means things like speaking at summits, getting interviewed on podcasts, and leveraging this podcast too by being sure to invite new listeners to become email subscribers. Another core business system for me is my affiliate network. These are the people who know me and who trust me and who share my resources with their audiences in exchange for a percent of the sale. It was a handful of really good affiliates that allowed me to grow as quickly as I did back about five years ago. And since then, my affiliate program has continued to grow. Now, I know that a really good way to expand my audience beyond my immediate circle is to reach out to new affiliates with diverse communities. The best way to do that is through personal outreach. Now, I teach this in my course, Affiliate Program Success, but the approach is really simple. First, you find people who are already affiliates for other similar products and courses and personally reach out to them to join your affiliate program. Now, there's a lot of different nuances to this and some best practices to follow for attracting and inviting top affiliates. But in a nutshell, that's really how it works. It's a very simple process. So throughout this summer, I'll be spending some time researching potential partners, reconnecting with existing affiliates, and building relationships with new friends too. If you have an affiliate program, I'd encourage you to set aside some time each week to do the same thing. And if you don't have an affiliate program but would like to start one, check out Affiliate Program Success. I'll put the link in the show notes for you. 
Something else that works for me is creating new products, and especially if there's something innovative that hasn't been seen everywhere. I have loads of ideas for things that I'd love to create, so right now while we're in a slow season is a great time to prioritize these projects. And what about product creation? Have you been releasing new products and courses, or have you been kind of riding the wave with your existing offers? There's no shame in that for sure, but if you're finding yourself in a sales slump, then maybe creating some new offers might just be what you need to boost your profits up again. And listen, if all of this sounds just overwhelming and you don't feel like you even know where to begin to get back on track, then I want to invite you to join me inside my Six Figure Systems program. You'll get access to all of my courses and all of my toolkits, and those cover all of the ideas that we've talked about here today and more. But here's the best part. You also get access to me as your personal guide. When you're stuck or you don't know what to do next or you just want to brainstorm some ideas, all you have to do is come to a Q&A call and I will be there to help you. And if you don't want to wait for the next Q&A call, that's cool too. Drop into the members only forum and we can certainly chat there. You can start today as a Six Figure Systems member for just $7 for your first week. All you have to do is go to tinycourseempire.com forward slash join to get started. I hope to see you on our next Q&A call. So now if you've freshened up all of your marketing and you're putting more effort into your core business systems, the very last step to overcome a sales slump is to start exploring new ideas. This might just be my favorite part, especially if you've always wanted to try something new like I do. Because listen, if no one has told you this before, business is just one experiment after another. We try new things, we keep what works, and that becomes a part of our core systems like we just talked about. And if it doesn't work, we drop it and we move on to something else. To me, that is really one of the most fun aspects of doing business. It's the part that I enjoy the most. I'm always looking for new ways to engage with my community, to reach a new audience, or even to learn a new strategy. So what's been on your mind to try? Now that you've got your marketing and your core systems in tip-top shape, why not give it a shot? Some of the ideas I've been playing with are to start a YouTube channel. I love YouTube. It's my go-to source whenever I want to learn something or if I have a question about software or where to travel or planting a garden or just about anything else. And now that my podcast is running well and pretty much systemized, it might be time to branch out into YouTube. Or maybe for you, it is a podcast. I can tell you that podcasting is pretty easy to get the hang of and to do well, even on a tiny little budget. So if you don't have the money to spend on lights and cameras for YouTube, consider starting a podcast instead. If you have a good quality mic, that's really all you need to get started. And don't forget to step out of your comfort zone a little bit and get more visible. There are a lot of ways to do this. And I am a firm believer that anytime you can get in front of more people with your message and your offers, you should absolutely take it. So why not apply to speak at a summit or at a conference? I know it's a big stretch for some of you, but trust me, it does get easier. And you might even find out that you like speaking, which would open up all kinds of new opportunities for you. You could also go on a podcast interview tour. There are probably dozens of podcasts in your niche, maybe even hundreds that are actively looking for guests. Polish up your speaker one sheet or create it if you don't have one yet and start introducing yourself to podcast hosts. 
Now, what about new product offers? I told you a minute ago that I have some ideas for new products, but what I didn't mention is that I'm not talking about new courses and new toolkits. I'm looking at something completely different, but still within my market and my area of expertise. I can't give you specifics on that just yet because I'm still working out the details, but I do want to encourage you to spend some time thinking outside the box, as they say. Look at what other people are creating. How can you incorporate those ideas into your own lineup? Or if you're a coach or a service provider, how can you change up your offers to create something entirely new? I was chatting with a friend of mine just the other day, and we were talking about Voxer coaching, which is a kind of a different and more flexible twist on the usual coaching style. Service providers, though, might offer VIP days, for example. That's where you would dedicate an entire workday or even two or three days or maybe even a weekend to a single client's project. That kind of attention can be offered at a premium price, and it might just be the thing that gets you out of that sales slump. Or what about diving into an entirely new market? For example, my market, my subscribers and customer base is primarily women who are around my same age. But I know that there are other people out there who are looking to build an online business. So I'm trying to see what I can do to get in front of those people. That might mean getting interviewed on podcasts, as I already mentioned, or maybe I'll start publishing on different platforms like Substack, where the audience is mostly male and much younger, or maybe even Instagram, where the audience is mostly female, but also much younger. Here's the thing to remember if you're going to try new ideas, though. You have to give them enough time to actually work for you. It would not make any sense for me to publish two articles on Substack and then declare that it didn't work because I haven't made any sales yet. There will always be some ramp up time, whether you're blogging or podcasting or getting interviewed or starting a YouTube channel. So plan to spend at least six months of consistent action before you decide if it's a win or not. And don't try to do everything at once either. It can be really tempting, especially if you're in a sales slump, to just throw everything you've got at the problem and hope that something sticks, right? The problem with that is that you'll spread yourself way too thin and you won't make any real progress on anything as a result. Pick one new thing to try, go all in on it, and give it the time it needs to produce the results you want. Which now might have you wondering, okay, so how do you decide which thing to try when everything is unproven, everything is a new idea for you? If that's what you're thinking, then here's where to start. First, ask yourself, what sounds fun? Because if you don't enjoy it, if you're not having fun with it, then you're not going to be consistent enough with it to get the results that you're looking for. So always pick something that sounds exciting to you or that sounds interesting or that you are excited about and interested in pursuing. Then ask yourself, what makes the most financial sense? If sales are already down, you might not want to invest in the equipment you need to start a YouTube channel, for instance, but if you already have a decent camera and lighting and a video editing app, then it might make sense to you. Ask yourself also what your competitors are doing. And I say competitors, but I don't really mean your competitors. But look at the leaders in your industry. For example, I might do a little 
online stalking of people like Amy Porterfield or Marie Forleo or Michael Hyatt and see what they're doing and think about how I could do something similar. Those people are not my competition, but they are well known in my industry. They have huge followings and they've proven themselves to be super smart business owners. So I definitely pay attention to their strategies. And finally, Ask yourself what's most likely to produce results the fastest. If you're trying to decide between something like, I don't know, starting a YouTube channel and applying to speak at a summit that's happening next month, go for the summit. You'll see results a lot faster than you will with YouTube. Although, and this is worth considering as well, results from YouTube will be more sustainable than a single summit which will give you a quick spike in traffic and sales maybe, but then it will go down again. So YouTube is a long-term strategy. It takes longer to ramp up, but something like speaking can bring in some immediate results. So you have to weigh that against your current needs. Maybe it does make sense to get that quick spike, but maybe long-term growth is more of a priority for you. Only you can know the answer to that. Okay, let's do a quick recap. The first thing to do if you are experiencing a sales slump is to look at your data. That's going to be the driver of what you focus on. Once you know where your numbers are and what can have the biggest impact on your revenue, then you can start with the easiest projects and work your way up from there. By far, the easiest thing is to simply polish up what you already have, freshen up those lead magnets, update your autoresponders, and get back on the content creation wagon if you've fallen off lately. Then the next step is to refocus on those core activities, things like list building, affiliate recruitment, product creation will always be important to your business. So look for ways that you can set those systems right again if you've been slacking a little bit in those areas. And finally, get creative. Explore new ideas for marketing and visibility or for products to create or markets to branch out into. Those four steps are what's going to not only boost your revenue again, but they'll also help you create a more sustainable business overall. It seems really simple when you break it down this way, but the best plans are often the simplest ones. So don't make the mistake of thinking that you have to find some magical idea. Instead, just recommit to what you know works for you and stay consistent with it. That's really the key. And I know I sound like a broken record, but it is true. Consistency in your marketing, in your messaging, and in your product creation will always pay off in the end. That's how you build a sustainable, profitable business. Now, I would love to hear from you. Have you ever experienced a sales slump? Are you in one right now? Chat me up over at tinycourseempire.com forward slash 76 and tell me what ideas you have to get back on track. I'd love to hear from you. Have a terrific day, everyone, and I will talk to you all again next week. If you like what you hear on the Tiny Course Empire podcast, you're going to love all of the courses and workshops and support you'll find inside Six Figure Systems. That's my monthly program where we dig into online marketing for regular people like you and me. We don't do big launches, we don't have the big headaches, and we don't have the big expenses that come with them. Instead, we focus on creating repeatable, sustainable systems that continue to grow over time and that don't suck up all of our energy or require a 10-person team to manage. You can come see what we're all about at sixfiguresystems.com, and I'll see you on the inside.